Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will help you get leaner, stronger, and perform better in a way that lasts with episodes about nutrition, recovery, and the all-important art of inner work. Today, I bring you episode two of our series on the art of the streak. Last week, we heard from Marcus Smith about how he managed to complete 30 marathons in 30 days, just months after being hit by a truck and shattering his scapula and multiple ribs. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, check it out now. This week's guest, David Robinson, inspired me to start a few streaks of my own. It's actually because of David that I realized the power of the streak as a motivating tool to develop consistent habits. And that's huge because when I asked you listeners to share your top struggles with nutrition, some variation of staying consistent or staying accountable made up 60% of the responses. So if that's you, keep your ears open and make sure you download the calorie and macro calculator worksheet at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet as a starting point for your nutrition. When you do, we'll give you the opportunity to choose your goals and learning objectives, and the email content you receive will be specific to your needs. We'll also send you a streak behavior planning worksheet a few days after you download the macro calculator. And if you are struggling with consistency and accountability, just a general reminder that we are nutrition coaches and we have both one-on-one and online coaching that are great starting points for getting the accountability you need. Our coaching has been described as different from other approaches and that it is relational and intentional. Those are the words of online coaching client Dakota. You can learn all about our online coaching at beyondmacros.com coaching or set up a call to learn about one-on-one coaching anytime. 1,010 days. That's how many consecutive days David Robinson has maintained a training streak at the time of our recording this interview. But that's not where the story begins. So actually the story begins almost a year prior to that. So the first time I started my streak, I made it 73 days, got drunk on St. Patrick's Day and forgot and woke up the next day and I was racking my brain trying to figure out, oh my God, did I work out? Did I work out? Did I work out? And I didn't didn't move, didn't do anything. Um, so that killed it. Well, David got right back on the wagon. The streak that I'm currently on, hundred or 1,010 days, started the day before my birthday, which is February 15th of 2016. So I decided I was going to try to work out every day of, my cal- of that calendar year, right? So every day of the 28th year of my life. And I set the goal as an unattainable goal that was just something that I could chip away at on a day-to-day basis. Uh, something that I could, you know, return to kind of an anchor practice, so to speak, but something that I frankly didn't think that I would be able to accomplish. And, you know, I wanted to set this big unattainable goal to try to give me the, the juice and the push to push through when I didn't feel like doing it. And this time he had some big goals in the OCR realm. So about the time that I set the streak goal, I, on January 1st of 2016, I started my streak February 15th of 2016, but Jan 1, 2015, I wrote down on my phone, I want to qualify for OCR world championships. I had started running Spartan races maybe two years prior, so I guess four or four, four and a half years ago at this point, and I wasn't good at it. I sucked. You know, I was like finishing halfway through the pack. I was getting destroyed on five, six mile races, completely different body type, no aerobic capacity at all, no obstacle proficiency in any way. And, you know, I 
their tagline is you'll know at the finish line. And it was just one of those things that always ate at me. Like I did my first one. I was like, well, shit, like what if I tried? Like, could I do better at that? And then you try a little bit and you get a pretty fair amount better and you go, shit, what if I like really tried, <laughs> you know, and that just kept going and going. And so I set the goal to qualify for OCR Worlds. I set a goal of finishing, you know, top 100 in a elite category in, in a race. And, you know, my first race I finished 2400th overall or something like that. And so I, that was big when I did get that top 100 goal and then, you know, set a top 20 and, you know, I just kind of kept chipping up from there. So uh, my goals now are, are to take that as far as I possibly can and keep getting better. I want to get on, you know, a elite podium. I've podiumed a couple age groups and, um, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, continue to build all the different aspects of fitness that, you, that I need for that particular sport. Um, and then to stay healthy, I still play soccer twice a week. As you can probably guess, there were a lot of obstacles along the way, pun intended. My favorite story of which is this one. Uh, I got bit by a spider. That sucked. Uh, I was in the hospital for three days on that. It was a brown recluse on my elbow. Um, I, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, I did calf raises. So I just like pulled off the side of the, of the bed and, you know, I'm like all hooked up to IVs and I've got a morphine drip and, and I'm just blowing up calf raises just over and over and over again. Cause I couldn't really feel it. Right. I walked out of there on Monday and my calves were destroyed. I, I had not done that much work on them in my entire life. I shredded them. I couldn't walk straight for a week. As you can imagine, staying healthy long enough to maintain the streak is key. And in the beginning, David admitted he was pushing pretty intense workouts daily. I started off trying to work out every day for that calendar year. And knowing, you know, I've got a background in strength and conditioning and, you know, knowing damn well how stupid that was, I still tried to, to you know, kind of bang my head against the wall, like you said, and, and push through some things. Um, I think that 50 mile was a big wake up call for me because from a, my CNS standpoint, like I was fried. And I had never felt anything like that before in my life. And I had to adjust. My body forced me to adjust recovering from that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very in tune with how I feel at this particular point in time. And, and you know, like you said, it's, it's really a blessing because you've got to be able to, to, to look at the signs that your body's giving you and um, give it what it needs. And sometimes that's sleeping. Sometimes that's getting up and getting after it, you know, and, and being able to... Uh, adjust accordingly, I think is really important. It's kept me healthy, all things considered, and it's it's going to allow me to do what I want to do for a, a long time. That 50-mile ultra marathon David mentioned was a major turning point in his daily workout streak and almost challenged his ability to continue. I ran a 50-mile ultra marathon for a child cancer support organization that a, a friend and I actually put on the race and uh, ran to support a, a local organization here in Richmond, the Connors Heroes Foundation. Um, you know, 50 miles in a day. My longest training run before that was 20 miles. So we kind of rushed our training and, and didn't necessarily prepare like we probably should have for that type of event. Um, you know, and, and kind of going back to challenges and successes, you know, that, that day was a whole day of activity. And then even doing anything that next day, I mean, I woke up at 0%. Like I was lifting my leg up with my hands type stuff. Um, but I made it to cryotherapy. I walked out of there at about 20%. And then on that day, I took a lap around the neighborhood. And I swear to God, it took me 45 minutes to do. And, and I, I worked for that 45 minutes. Um, and a lot of times, you know, like it, had I gone and tried to throw down the day after I just put my body through something, you know, unimaginable. And, and again, a very 
uh, unconquerable goal that I really had to kind of feel like I'd, I needed to, to hit um, and get through. But, you know, had I tried to really push myself through a day like that, would have wouldn't have been good at all in any way, shape, or form. And now David approaches his daily workouts in a much healthier way. Most of the workouts are going to be running or lifting or rowing or something that most people would consider like a real workout. But I really do try to take recovery very seriously. I try to take, um, you know, varying those workouts, intensities and lengths and frequencies and the volume of those things very seriously. And, and I monitor and adjust those based on how I'm feeling. So I'm feeling like trash. I'm not going to plow through a workout. I'm going to, you know, stick to the things that are going to allow me to, to wake up tomorrow and feel even better. But I'm going to set aside time to do it. And I'm going to be concerted with that effort. In addition to the physical challenges, there were also some mental lapses that led to what David calls close calls versus near misses. I've had a lot of, um, I wouldn't necessarily say near misses, though. I've, I've had a few of those or close calls. Uh, I've had probably a half dozen times where I've shot out of bed, you know, like just laying down, head hits the pillow, lights go out. I'm laying there and I'm kind of reflecting over my day and I go, oh my God, I didn't do it. And I've had to get up out of bed and have that conversation with myself you know, like, do you want to let this die on day, you know, 247 or day 712 or whatever day it is and, you know, have to like face your friends and family and yourself tomorrow and realize you were lazy and didn't do it. So um, I've gotten out of bed numerous times and, you know, gone through, gone through the street, got, got stuff done. Um, I had a day in particular uh, that I talked about in the first 100 days where I uh, was you know, at the lake house with friends and we were out, you know, just having a good time and taking it easy. And it was a kind of like a, a really nice day. And then it turned to one of those like late summer thunderstorms where everybody goes inside and now you're hanging out and chilling inside instead of outside. And it, it was very, it would have been very easy that day to just let it, let it die probably on day 73, just like, you know, the, the previous year. With those close calls, David has implemented a little self-review process. I'm a coach and trainer now. And so I'm, I'm in the gym a lot to begin with and, you know, out and about and running around a lot. And so sometimes I'll have to review my day and real and like figure out like, okay, did I do anything? Okay. Yep. Good. Or no. All right, let's go do it. And early episode, spoiler alert, David did qualify for the OCR world championships this year. Bear in mind, this is a guy who placed 2400th in his first race just a few years prior. And funny enough, the OCR World Championship trip led to a close call just shy of his 1,000-day streak mark. So I ran OCR World Championships and uh, ended that October 20th. And for the next 10 days after that, I was traveling. Um, I walked, I stretched, and I did mobility. Right, But every single day I did something. Every single day I was intentional about it. So there was a day after the OCR World Championships, maybe day five or something like that after that, uh, very recently where I was overseas with my two sisters and we had walked around, you know, a little bit in the town we were at. We were in an uh, island off of the coast of uh, Greece, but none of it was intentional. And they were like, well, are you good? Like, can we go do stuff now? And I was like, I, I got to I gotta do something. Like, I got to be intentional about this workout right here, you know? And so... I hopped on the phone or hopped on the orb. I brought myself like an orb and kind of lacrosse ball on, on the trip and hopped on that, went through vinyasa flows, kind of moved and, um, you know, called it, you know, cause I set aside the time to do it. So what kept David motivated through the challenges? Was it pure willpower or did he have more systems in place? It's a combination of factors and there's some that's intrinsic motivation. I just really wanted to prove to myself that I could do something that I didn't think that I could do. 
And that was, uh, it was a big catalyst for me to be able to, you know, stick through those kind of milestones that I put on. Like one year was a big milestone and two years and day 500 and day 1000. And, you know, in between there, it's just habits and it's just kind of consistency. And I think that's a big parallel to really a lot of things in life. You don't always see the work that goes into the big milestones, but it's that day in, day out kind of, you know, bring your, bring your pail to work mentality that, get you anywhere, really. There are also some extrinsic motivating factors that David manufactured for himself. Namely, creating both social accountability by posting his intention on Facebook and wanting to show people that an average dude can accomplish awesome things by just chipping away at him. There was also the all-important social support from David's community and from loved ones that helped keep the streak alive. Those people that I've been in relationships with, you know, those women have been very supportive of my endeavors and what I'm trying to go and accomplish. Um, I think that, you know, even my family understands and, you know, like it's thanks, like Thanksgiving is two days from now, you know, from when we're recording this and like, they're going to know, like I'm going to leave during the middle of the Macy's day parade or after the dinner, after dinner or whatever it is, like I'm going to have to leave and go do my thing. And, and everybody is very, very supportive of that. Um, so you know, that social support, not only of my close friends and family, but people online and people in, in our kind of community that we've built uh, over the past year, year and a half or so here in, in Richmond is, is it's been huge. You know, it, it helps, it helps when people show up and, you know, it helps to have people that, that boost you up. It helps to have the odd person here and there that talks a little bit of shit that you, you get the old chip on your shoulder again. And whether you tell anybody about that or not, you know, you just, it's good to have something, you know, a little bit of prove you're wrong in, in it. And that kind of can help boost you on days where, you know, you're not necessarily feeling good. Um, so that you can use a lot of different types of motivation. And um, I've gotten gotten all of those. <laughs> so, yeah. Tasted all the little different flavors and feels of, of you know, uh, support in a lot of different ways. But ultimately, the motivation was only needed to get the streak going. Now, after the initial boost of motivation that gave the streak its inertia, it is second nature for David to work out each day. And that movement practice, that, you know, not breaking the streak, keeping the streak alive, the, the links and the fence, it's a habit. You know, those, they're canyons in my brain circuitry now. Like I've, I've you know, I have to do it. It's like you brush your teeth every day. Like it's just, it's, you have to do it. Despite the streak being a habit, and not necessarily needing consistent extrinsic motivation, an important lesson in the habit formation process is to create and celebrate milestones. David celebrated all along the way. Day 100, year one, day 500, and most recently, day 1000. I did it. I actually kind of put it out there on day 100, put it out to Facebook, my friends and my community, and just said, hey, you know, here's what I've learned over the past 100 days. And um, you know, hopefully some of this stuff helps you out and hit, had a big workout for day 500 and had about 40 people out to a park and let a, a kick-ass workout for a bunch of friends and, and kind of supporters. And we just celebrated day 1000 with a goal setting seminar with our mutual friend, Mark England of vocabulary. So, um, it's been a pretty fun journey and I've learned a lot of things along the way. At 1,010 days in at the time this interview was recorded. David has a few key habits that he focuses on to make sure he moves every day. First, as he knows that when he moves first thing in the morning, it is easy to get a workout in later. A lot of times if I got movement in early, then I, that, lead, that lends me to really get in a good workout later that day. But if I get towards 
if I allow myself to, to rest during the day, it's hard towards the end of the day to actually kind of get it going again. Um, so even just like, like doing a quick, quick two minute stretch in the morning or, you know, 10 pull-ups on the pull-up bar hanging in, in my room, nothing really, just something. If I were to do that, that shifts something in my brain to then go and get it done, you know, at some point later on in the day. And he bookends his day, move in the morning and review his day at night. I won't close my eyes until I know that I've done it. After getting a jacked and juicy streak muscle and grooving deep patterns of consistency into his brain with working out every day, David tried to transfer the skill to other areas of wellness, meditation, and eating greens at every meal. How do you think he did with these two habits? He actually fell off pretty quickly, and here's why. I don't like sitting still. I like being present, and I think working out helps me to be present, but I'm moving when I'm, when I'm working out. I don't like sitting still and quieting my mind necessarily. Um, you know, I like eating healthy for the way that eating healthy makes me feel, but I don't necessarily love the taste of a salad. The key to being consistent with his workout streak is that he actually loves working out. So when you're picking your own streak, there should be at least a nugget of it that you enjoy. Trying to create a habit of something that you don't see a clear benefit from and that you don't enjoy is like trying to push a boulder uphill. I enjoy working out and so it almost makes it, you know, like I said before, I've got a leg up on a lot of people on that because it, I love doing it. I've been doing it ever since I could walk. Um, you know, but those other things, you know, like a meditation or like eating a certain way, uh, they were a little bit harder for me. I, I guess I had thought that, or I guess I'd use the strategy of, okay, well, if I have to do it, then I'll do it. But my brain and body didn't really connect on that. Like, I, I know I don't have to do it. Like, that's not really the thing that I'm focusing on. And so I, I'll allow my, myself to slack on it. But, you know, something like that, the 50 miler, like you, okay, you have to finish. And so we'll finish it. You know, and, and it makes it, I, I like that all or nothing aspect. Yeah. I would like to find other ways to translate that to other aspects of my life, but, you know, yeah. keep chipping away at that. And to tie everything together, David's actually a good friend of Mark England, who you've heard on two separate episodes on this show. So he actually wanted to let us all know that Mark's process of goal setting really helped him with this streak. You know, I attribute a lot of what I've been able to do because of I've written my goals down. I've been intentional with my dates. I've told people about it. I've had that public accountability, like, and I've reviewed them very often. You know, I've read them over and over and over again, or at least thought about them all the time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and were able to extract even more lessons about how to choose, create, and maintain a new habit. Share your reflections on the social medias and tag us for a shout out. I'd also love if you'd share this episode with someone you know will enjoy and benefit from David's story. You can do that right now, as long as you're not driving, directly from your podcast app by clicking that button that looks like a little box with an arrow shooting out of it. And if you want to follow along with David's journey as he continues to push for OCR podiums and work out every day, you can follow him at GetStrappedStayStrapped on Instagram. And if you ever find yourself in the Richmond, Virginia area, he facilitates free workouts every Wednesday. And I'm sure if you DM him, he'd love to have you join. Next week's episode will be with Brian Casey, who has run an average of five kilometers every day for the last 41 and a half years, which at the time the interview was recorded was the 12th longest running streak in the world. There will be some great lessons and stories from that show, so make sure you're subscribed to get it when it comes out. And lastly, 
don't forget to download the updated calorie and macro calculator worksheet at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet, where you will not only get the calorie and macro calculator, but the opportunity to let us know your goals and learning objectives so that we can start sending you content based on your needs. One of the first emails you'll get will include a worksheet to help you plan out your own streak. So I'll leave you with a call to reflect and take action on today's episode. Seriously, give yourself the space or why did you even bother listening to this show? Either way, thanks for listening and I'll see you again next week. Much love beyond Macronians.